This is 400 Seconds Per Podcast. Compact conversations with extraordinary women leading hope and change in the climate crisis. I'm Chris Fittick. For this episode, Jo Mary Watson speaks to Lorna Rees, Artistic Director of Gobbledygook Theatre, whose work is frequently inspired by earth sciences, landscape and the environment. Their productions include Cloudscapes, described as a duologue for performer and clouds, and Geophonic, a performance piece and soundwalk which invites audiences to listen to the geological processes of the earth. I went to your website and I loved reading about cloud spaces. Can you explain the project to our listeners as well as how clouds are connected to climate change? I'm really obsessed with what nature you can reach anywhere you are. So, for example, an urban environment. Some urban environments, the only sort of nature you might encounter is when you look above. So I wanted to make a piece of outdoor work that used the sky as the other performer. So I call it a duologue with performer in sky, but I always say that the sky is the main performer and the piece is never the same. Anywhere I am, the sky will do something different every single time. And I also think we often don't stop enough to just notice what's going on in our world. And if I can encourage people to just spend 20, 25 minutes looking up and marvelling at how extraordinary the world is, I feel like the piece has done its job and that we've maybe I've maybe connected someone to the natural environment in a way that they maybe haven't done since they were a child or maybe have never done. And then in terms of the um, environmental part of it, I make a lot of work about the natural world and it's impossible not to think then about the climate emergency. So I thought loads about that when I was making um, work. And at its very heart, Cloudscapes is all about change and how our world is constantly changing, uh, just as the clouds are, because clouds never stay the same. The average life expectancy of a cloud is about 10 minutes long. So it changes from one thing to another thing. And we have to be prepared for that change in our human societies because change is coming whether we like it or not. So rather than make a kind of terrifying piece about clouds, um, which I could do because there are lots of problematic things to do with clouds and what we're doing in terms of pollution, I wanted to kind of make something that was maybe more thoughtful, meditative and not too scary. Um, so people don't switch down or switch off when they're thinking about the natural world. The other thing is that every year I rewrite it. The first time I wrote it, I didn't mention climate change at all as two words because I worked with a neuroscientist who said, don't talk about, don't say those words because people freak out about it. They either think it's too much for them to cope with or it, is it even a thing? I think six years later, we are now ready to have that conversation about climate change. I can use those words but I still do it in a gentle way. It's still meant to be a very gentle piece about change because it's maybe making people think about the environment in a different way. And I make outdoor work because it's democratic at point of consumption. Nobody has to pay to come and see it. People can happen upon it. They might not book a ticket. They might just see it in their park or their shopping centre. If I'm working with those audiences, I don't want to make a piece of shouty theatre necessarily, although I love people that do that too. But I think very usefully I can talk about change and how that comes to all of us and how that is part of life. What inspired you to make work that connects to the natural world and issues such as climate change? Oh, so when I was really quite little, about seven years old, we moved from a very grey concrete sort of estate in Harlow to Dorset. And it's beautiful, like it's extraordinary. There's beaches, there's fossils on the ground, there is this incredible coastline. 
And I think it has never left me the wonder of the natural environment and being exposed to it in that way with my family all just going, look at this and wanting to share that enthusiasm for other people. I think that's really where it's all stemmed from. Also, when I was, you know, maybe 10, 11 years old, um, I think the climate movement got quite supercharged. Suddenly there was... um, Kyoto had happened. Um, there was stuff on Blue Peter. I had the Blue Peter Green Book, which was this weirdly inspirational book for loads of people. I got a green Blue Peter badge. Like, I think I got really interested because suddenly culture had changed and I could, as a young person, be engaged in it. So lots of different reasons, but it hasn't ever left me that drive. Um, talking about the wonder of the planet, but also wanting to protect it. And that informs pretty much all my artwork and all the things I do. What can we, in our role as artists and theatre makers or makers in general, um, do to make a difference? I do think, like, if if we can, we should be really concerned about the climate emergency. I think there are so many ways in which we need to be part of this cultural shift where we are all talking about this. Now, that could be addressed in a Shakespeare play. That could also be addressed in um, a play about 18th century folk singing, whatever. But I do I do think these things are part of what, as artists, it is our duty to address. Sorry, that's sort of a really bleak and bossy answer. Everyone should be making work about this. But I do think there are so many ways we can help shift culture and we need to be part of that. And we we have the power to do that as artists. That is our job and that's our great skill. So we do need to be much more on it. I have this phrase, I say, our culture forms our future. And I feel really strongly that as artists, we are culture makers and we need to help form the future. Um, And if we don't help that shift happen, um, we're not going to move fast enough. You can do small, intimate, beautiful actions that mean something to you. It doesn't have to be some grand, enormous gesture either that takes all your energy. I never want to not live in hope. I made a decision as dire as the world can feel. um, I always want to live in hope and um, it's a much nicer way to be. So yeah, solidarity and hope in all things really. 400 Parts Per Million is an ecological arts project by Theatre in the Rough. Join us online from the 26th to 27th of March 2022 at 400.earth, supported by Arts Council England and the BHL Foundation.